Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. Podcasts. It's like radio. But it's not on the radio. It's things to lose, so you got to feel it. I want them to feel it, but we got to use this now to be better. Max strips it! My oh my! Khalil Mack, he is unbelievable! WGN Radio presents Hogan Johns. Eddie Jackson for the fifth time in his young career has a touchdown. With WGN's Adam Hogue. Are you ready? The Chicago Sun Times, Adam Johns. What's up, everybody? Tearing it up. Here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. Touchdown Bears! What's up? Welcome in, Hogan Johns, getting closer and closer to the NFL draft and the NFL schedule reveal, which is uh, about 24 hours away, depending on when you are listening to this. Adam Hogue here. Uh, Adam Johns is gone. Adam Johns is currently riding Space Mountain, I think. Or Splash Mountain? Isn't there a Space Mountain? He actually called me this morning in line at Splash Mountain. Oh. The morning ride of Splash Mountain. Uh, that's the voice of Kevin Fishbane from The Athletic, who is guest hosting this week, because we want to make sure we got you an episode. Because only crazy people uh, take vacations a week before the NFL draft. And he's missing your birthday. Happy birthday, Adam. Thank you. Thank you. I wasn't going to bring that up, but I appreciate you doing so. All right, my work uh, here is done. This has been fun. Thanks for having me. And John's is a jerk for missing my birthday. That's that. That is true. Uh, our producer Joe Romano is also here. What's up, Joe? Yo, yo! Happy birthday! Uh, my sister's birthday is today uh, as well. So happy oh, birthday, Christina! It just, it's a great day for birthday. I think Bill Belichick is also today. It is less important. Something just you know, great people have birthdays on. Winners have. You and Bill Belichick have combined for six Super Bowls. That's accurate. That's true. Quite the tandem. And I take all the credit for it. See, I got this friend named Joey Jojo Jr. Shabadoo. That's the worst name I ever heard. (laughs) Hey, Joey Jojo! So we will will plug along here without Adam Johns. I guess I am a communist. That's right. We don't need him this week. But uh, you can read us at WGNRadio.com slash Bears. You know, usually we're talking about my Bears mock drafts, but Kevin Fishbane was uh, kind enough to uh, put his up today. Yeah, I, I actually wasn't going to do one because it's... But I, I found... You've done one already. I did two already. It usually was, I would have three done by now, but life has changed a little bit since my White Sox duty started. It, it was almost easier without... I don't know why. I thought it was going to be more difficult. Maybe it's because only five picks. Um, but that helps. There are more resources available, and I'll plug Dane Brugler, who is the athletics mm-hmm. NFL draft expert. His book came out on Monday. So I was like, well, I have his book because he knows these guys a lot more better than I do. So I was like, oh, I'll, I'll do a Bears mock draft. Now, if you subscribe to The Athletic, do you get access to you that? You do. You can download the 230-page book. And I will tell you, he has Clayton Thorson ranked number nine among quarterbacks. Okay. Yeah. Ahead of Gardner Minshew. And behind 
Well, eight other guys. Kyler Murray. <laughs> but I'm trying to think of like a contract. I, I see. I think Clayton would. I still feel like the NFL views him a little bit higher up. They do than that. They do. Then, then some of the uh, the draft. Anyway, you could get that on theAthletic.com or on the Athletic app. Uh, if you don't subscribe, you should, because Kevin Fishbane does great work, and uh, so does Dane Brugler, who you get a basically free. I have to look at that like a free book. Yeah, it, it's like true. when I subscribed to the Athletic, I wasn't thinking I would get a draft book. No, so that's I, pretty cool. I, and I bought Dane's draft book last year. I don't remember what it was, but I think I mean my guess is probably worth three months of the Athletic. <laughs> Probably. So, and you get good. James Fegan. And James Fegan, who covers the White Sox. Yes. And does a good job. White Sox won three out of four. Shout out to the White Sox. Don't uh, stop now, boys. And I don't think Tim Anderson will ever not get a hit. But no. it, it, I, it's amazing. Uh, as always, search Hogan Johns, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, tune in, and now on Spotify. Uh, you can find it there. Please rate and review the podcast. We appreciate you doing that. And we appreciate Kevin Fishbane being here. Uh, it is kind of a per- an important week for the Bears. They're back in town. Uh, they were greeted over the weekend to a snowstorm. Yeah, I think I saw Ch- Chase Daniels' flight got diverted to Indianapolis. The, the number two quarterback had to drive here from Indy. That's unacceptable. Yeah. I, yeah. Was, I was actually thinking about that on Sunday. Like, all these Bears players that have probably been... Um, you know, in nice locations for the last couple of months, you fly back to Chicago and it's snowing. Yeah, the, the the video from the Bears social media team of the players walking through the parking lot was kind of funny to see all the snow that was out there. Um, but w- I, I did note that uh, I, I went through the entire photo gallery uh, and there were multiple photos of Cleo Mack. They want to make it very clear Cleo Mack is there. there. Now that there's any question, it, we, we asked her... Um, I think both Nagy and Pace took questions about, are you expecting everyone to be there? And they said, yeah, the only one that might not, is it going to be ready, is Anthony Miller. Uh, but it's nice that that's not a story anymore, at it, least with this, with this team this year. It's just not, every, everyone's there. Everyone's working out. There's nobody holding I, out. I don't, I don't know why that's always a question. Like People would ask me in the last, you know, when I just see Bears fans around the last couple weeks, you think anyone's going to hold out this year? And I'm like, no, I, I think they expect everyone to be there. Even Khalil Mack? Yeah, I don't... Why would he not be... You know, like, it, yeah. it, usually stars show... It's not... I don't know why there's this expectation that stars don't show up. They only, they only don't show up when there's an issue with the contract. Well, I, I think it's because we only really talk about the off-season training program if someone's holding out. Right. So... That's a, true. A few years ago, remember Forte worked out in Florida? Mm-hmm. And that was a big deal. Um... Well, you had... Was that during his franchise tag thing, though, or... No, it was um, 2014, I, I, or whatever his last year with the Bears was, I okay. think. Because did he, did he win the Piccolo Award? And, did, and, and he wasn't, wasn't there. there. And that was controversial. Yeah. I remember that. And yep. he went on the... He did a radio tour that afternoon to kind of defend himself. Um, yeah, I don't remember if did Marty in his... Contract squabbles. I remember if he missed. Yeah, he some missed time. some time. Alshon, Alshon's last year of his deal when he was on the tag. Um, Usually, though, it's contract related. Yeah, yeah. Nobody just you really do guys skip. I mean, plus, I, I mean, if you see pictures of the new weight room, that's where I want to work out. 
Looks nice. Yeah. Yeah. So portions of the new facility are done. Uh, that includes the weight room, uh, which doesn't look a whole lot different. It's just bigger, I think. I mean, well, I mean, it is new. Too. It's like I the mean, same. It's, it's the same equipment. It's just I think it's just in a nicer room. Why people comment? Yeah. It, it, like I retweeted the video the Bears put out and people are like, well, it looks the same. Well, you know, it's still the Bears colors and Bears design. So it's not like right. it's going to look uh, the actual rooms like a look and it's still weights that are in a room. Uh, it is bigger, though. And I mean, we haven't seen it yet, but then they redid the locker room, which I understand has moved a little bit. Uh, and so that's done. And the meeting rooms are all done. Uh, some of the other areas are not done. The whole thing is still expected to be finished by the time they get back from Bourbon A uh, in August. But in the meantime, you know, for the offseason program, they're already in a much better situation than they were in last year when they their, the weight room was literally gone. They moved it. They moved it inside the Walter Payton Center, like in the end zone, which is already not that big of a place. It's just a field. And they had all the weights, uh, which was probably, and I'm guessing because I haven't been in the new weight room, but maybe like a third the size of what the weight room is now. Yeah. Uh, where I'm just talking about where they had it last year in, inside the Walter Payton Center. So uh, they're they're ahead of the game there. And we're going to hear from Eddie Jackson here in a little bit. He was already raving about the, the, the new digs that he got to see yesterday. And, and Nagy mentioned, too, not having to go. Like guys were taking, they were taking shuttle buses, essentially, between the main facility to the Walter Payton Center, because that's where they had to go to lift. And that's a good, like, five to ten minutes that now Nagy can put into his schedule. And you, you I mean, I generally think that NFL coaches are a little too obsessive. With their Over time, time? Yeah, yeah, I think that I think it's a little much, but like when you when you see these guys uh, calendars and you see the way they schedule things, you understand why they would love to have those ten minutes back for whatever they want to do. Well, and, and it's also one of those things where like if you're not obsessed with being on time, then all of a sudden the day kind of starts to get everything starts to get behind. I haven't heard by the way what they're doing with the media room because I don't think they're. I was wondering if we were going to get some nice spanking new uh, media room, but I don't think we are. I don't think anything's changing now. I, I, I don't. I like our media room. We're fine. Yeah, it'd be nice if there's some like natural light. <laughs> we are kind of in a bunker. Yeah, it, it is. Especially Jeff Joniak. I'm I'm still new to this podcast. I assume people listen to hear you guys complain about media things. We don't do a whole lot of that, do we, Joe? No, you usually just talk about the delicious desserts that. Uh, um, who brings in? Oh, Dion Miller brings. Dion Miller, yeah, that's yes. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Friend of the program, she loves the pod. Friend of the pod, and so we do like to put out subtle hints that we do like the food she brings, and more of it is always appreciated. That's smart, especially on my birthday. <laughs> it is your birthday. I was thinking about this yesterday, though. Why is the first day of? I, I don't know why in past years I didn't really think about it. Shouldn't we have been at House Hall yesterday? Isn't it weird the first day of like a team? Think about like spring training when the Cubs and Sox report to Arizona, which, by the way, is across the country. Do, do and you, all the media that's down there for the first yeah. day. The uh, Kansas City Chiefs reporters were all at uh, Chiefs facility yesterday. Okay. Uh, LA Rams reporters. I, I saw Todd Gurley was being interviewed yesterday. Uh, New York Giants. Um, uh, the, then the Packers had their first days last week. They were there. Aaron Rodgers spoke. 
I mean, do you want me? I can give the cynical answer. We know why we're not there. What is it? Is because the Bears can now just put out all their social media pictures and video. Yeah, and they have a they have a story on their website with Mitch and Cody Whitehair and Danny Trevathan talking to Larry Mayer and nothing against Larry. He's doing his job. So then, everybody, if you want to know anything about anything that's happening, you can you have to read the Bears website. So that's why that is why or, we're not there. Or you can listen to the White Sox pregame show where I talk to Eddie Jackson. There you go. I, I will, I, Who, like, which we're going to replay here on the podcast shortly. And I think we've seen under Matt Nagy that a lot of the, uh, not a, I shouldn't say a lot, some of the things with the, with the media become a little bit easier. But this is generally a franchise that if they aren't required to have us there, they are not going to have us there. That's true. But I do think that, you know, that's now, something we should probably push for being required the first day of the offseason program. Well, I'm not saying we have to be there every week. Like OTAs don't start for... Uh, over May, a month. Yeah. Well, I, I think yesterday would have been interesting because this is as... I mean, the expectations are higher for this team at this point of the calendar year as they've been in, what, 10 years? Yeah. At least. Mm-hmm. So you would be getting a lot of positive press in a town where you have your hockey and basketball teams didn't make the playoffs, your baseball teams are both under five hundred. Uh, and Northwestern football is still a few months away, <laughs> so you'd be getting you you would pretty much take over the news cycle in Chicago if you had welcomed everybody in yesterday um, because everyone was just in a. I mean, if you saw the pictures and some of the quotes, everyone's just in a great mood and they all want to win the Super Bowl because they think they should have last year and they didn't. Yeah, that's why I don't understand. Like, because it's great to have all that on your website, but and on social media, but it wasn't on the like I. I watched the WGM Morning News this morning. I will be on the WGM Morning News tomorrow. I, but I, there was no Bears content, I don't think, unless I missed it. Yeah. So I mean, as long as I've been covering the team, we've never been able to go for... Yeah, me neither. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know why. I haven't really even thought about it too much until like yesterday. I was like... And it was partly... And we're going to talk about this in a little bit. I went and checked out their new gym that they opened in Vernon Hills. Bears fit. And I was over there, and I'm like, but they opened up a new, like a real new facility for the team today. Right when I got that email, I was thinking, I was like, it took me a second to realize this is for the gym for the public, not like the gym at their facility, yeah, where they're grooming players for a team that they think could actually make the Super Bowl. And the other thing too, I should point out, the expectations are high this year, so there'll be a lot of good feelings. But it's not like in past years, expectations were super low. Everyone feels good about their NFL team in mid-April. Oh yeah, For the, I mean that's why I was comparing it to first day of spring training, right? Because it's like everybody's in a good mood and thinks they're good, and yeah, most of the time they're not. But I mean, th- I think in this case they are good. Can I ask you a question about Bears fit? Sure. Do you think it's interesting how close it is to Portillo's? Mm, it is real close. You go. I think you walk with you can because I I went to Portillo's for lunch uh, last week. Okay, what did you I get? Was like, uh, Italian beef sandwich, that's cheese fries, nice. and. I noticed that, um, yeah, I just I was like, oh, that's where the gym is. I feel like if I'd walk out of that gym, that'd be a lot of restraint. And I'd be like, well, I just worked out. I mean, I can go get a beef sandwich right now. It's right there. Fun fact about Bears Fit that I learned yesterday, Jen Gibson's smoothies are available there. Oh. Jen right. Gibson is the Bears nutritionist. And uh, they have a little snack area where you can get the same smoothies the Bears drink. Do you want to break news on your podcast? 
Sure, I like doing that. Harry Tynowitz, it's begun. Wait, hang on. I hope this is really breaking news now. But it started with Harry Tynowitz. Oh, Harry's breaking schedule news. We've got Hey Tweet Harry. Let's do it. The Bears play in London October 6th. Week 5. That's early. That is. That means they'll have the bye in week 6. All right. Let's all check our calendars to see what kind of conflicts there are. <laughs> that's the that's the that's a good week. It's a Northwestern at Nebraska for those of you keeping score at home. Hmm. Well, I am keeping keeping score at home because I literally am at home right now as we record this, and that is a uh, okay. But it wasn't the following. All the following week was Northwestern's other bye week. Correct. That would have been nice. That would have been nice. Okay. Well, we'll have to figure that out later. How is it that Harry Tynowitz breaks the schedule news? It's his year? favorite day of the year. It's amazing. I mean, it's just... Yeah, it's just Harry. It's what he does. That's awesome. Um, I, I I will say... And I told you this. I was really nervous about this game. My best friend is getting married in, in mid-October. I know. Don't get married in the fall. So right in the sweet spot, I can go to the wedding and go to London. That's big. I'm very, I'm very happy. I do appreciate it. Someone, uh, you are somebody who are who is getting married this year. Uh, that you schedule the May wedding. Thirty-two days. I appreciate yeah. that. Fall weddings, which I, Joe, do we? When is does Car, did Car pick a wedding date yet, Mark Harmon? You know, he has not uh, run that by me yet. I am uh, an officiant, so, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he lets me know first, but uh, he has not let me know the, the date for that yet. Um, it, it, he keeps texting me wondering about the bear schedule, which I think he's trying to plan a fall wedding around the bear schedule. He really should be texting Harry Tynowitz. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and for being honest, I don't... Yeah, and, I mean, and for I do get some schedule nuggets here and there, but Harry's usually has the whole thing somehow. I don't know how. And this is impressive for Harry too, because this is around eleven thirty a.m. on Tuesday, and the schedule release is seven p.m. Wednesday. Yeah, I feel like this is early. It's early for Harry. Yeah. So good, for, good on Harry. Yeah, it's the best. Um, all right. How about we play some Eddie Jackson? Let's do it, Eddie Jackson. Bojack. Well, yeah, Bojack, which he mentions Bojack in this interview. Uh, Eddie Jackson was uh, among the Bears players that was back at House Hall yesterday, and then uh, he made the same drive I make very often uh, down to the south side of Chicago, which always isn't very fun, depending on what time of day it is uh, from this area. But he did it, and he got there, and I was there waiting for him to talk a little bit about throwing out the first pitch, which you'll hear here. Of course, that happened yesterday. I'll tell you how it went after the interview, but we also talked a lot about the Bears, the new facility, and everything. So uh, here he is, Eddie Jackson, yesterday at Guaranteed Rate Field. All right, Bears safety, Eddie Jackson is throwing out the first pitch today, Guaranteed Rate Field. Have you ever done this before? It's a little nerve-wracking. I did this last year. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's my first time, man. It's, 
I'm excited. You know, a little nervous. You know, I just hope I throw a scrack. Yeah, it was one of the most nerve-wracking things I've ever done. I, I'm not going to lie, but it's fun. Yeah, most definitely. You know, it's just a great opportunity to come out here and be able to, you know, throw the first pitch at, you know, this is my, like, what, my first baseball, second baseball game, really, but so I'm just excited. Did you grow up a baseball fan? Uh, yeah, I actually played baseball when I was younger. Yeah, so, you know, I always watched it and everything. So, and Bo Jackson played here, you know, that, that's that's one of the big things. My nickname is Bo Jackson, so that's big, yeah. yeah that's a pretty cool connection. So today you guys got back to work. Yeah. New facility. It's the 100 season. How exciting was it to be back at House Hall? Uh, it was very exciting. You know, just be back around the guys. You know, and just you know get back to work. And you know, know we came up short last year. So knowing what we what's our goal this year and what we working towards is it's a great feeling. And Coach Nagy he created a, a great environment for us right now. And you know that new facility is it's insane. You know, it makes you want to go out there every day and just work. What was the best part of the facility today? Uh, everything, man. It's, you know, it's hard to just sticking out one things, but the thing that I say that stood out the most is the the locker room, the training room, and, and the weight room. You know, that's that's the biggest things that really just stood out to me, and just you know, that's that's where we spend most of our time. So, like I said, man, it just makes you want to get in there and work. Something Coach Nagy's talked to us about is the word belief, and now that you guys have been through it and had a winning season, bringing that mentality to to this year, what did he stress to you guys on your first day back? Uh, you know, the same message. You know, let's get back to work and just you know keep keep a level head you know don't peak you know that's one of the biggest things we know how far we went last year and we want to go even further this year so just don't peak you know we know we, we got to stay humble and you know don't get complacent and continue to work now you guys got a new defensive coordinator was today your first day around chuck pagano and and what was that first day like with him uh you know we really wasn't around him too much but you know just being there his message you know his, his message is basically the same you know he's coming in you know he you know we had a great defense he want to come in here and get us better you know he's not going to change things you know too much he's going to make little tweaks but you know it, it, we're still going to play ball so it's, it's just all going to be the same things just different names and i know the entire organization is excited about this being the 100th season for the chicago bears it's gonna be a big celebration in june as a player what are you guys most excited about Oh, uh, that we got Green Bay for game one. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, but you know, it's just it's, to see that we did to be at an organization like Chicago, you know, one of the, the teams that's been around the longest, it's, it's just a great feeling, you know. And when you walk in, you know, you see how big they are, are on tradition and, and everything like that. So, and for us to even come out here and, you know, be the first game, you know, the first NFL team to play, and, and we're playing Green Bay, our biggest rivalry, it's, it's a blessing. And the it sounds like there's going to be a party around the city, too, and Grant Park, a viewing party. It's got to be all pretty pretty exciting for you guys. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. We love putting on the show for our fans. And, and for the celebration in June, speaking of the fans, they're giving an opportunity to be up and close, personal with you guys for an entire weekend. Are you looking forward to that? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. You know, being out there, you know, one of the great legendary states is Mike Brown as well. And just to be able to, you know, be on the same platform as him and talk to him and, you know, be in front of our fans, man. Whenever you come out here and try to get back to the fans, is always a great feeling. So we, we're extremely blessed to be. You know, And, and we're hearing there's New Jersey. Which I know you guys haven't seen either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They keep they kept that away for us. So we we definitely uh, very very excited to see those. And when other guys hear about this, they're gonna go crazy. All right, Eddie. Good luck with the first pitch today. All right, thank you. So there's Eddie Jackson uh, yesterday at Guarantee Right Field. I can report the uh, the pitch was a little wide. I posted a video on my Twitter account. But uh, he, you know, he got it there. You don't want to bounce it. That's, that's he, he got the it there. It's just a little outside. So you've done this before, right? I did this last year, and I've heard from people who do it. Is you, you always underrate how far it is? Like that sixty feet six inches. Like you gotta. Yeah, it's a little intimidating. Yeah, especially because you're usually not. You're not used to throwing off a mound either. 
that kind of just adds to it. Um, and I mentioned this in the interview, like I was, and I think Joe remembers this from last year. I, I like, I was legitimately nervous. I don't really get nervous, like talking in public, doing radio shows. I'm used to it. Yeah. For some reason, like, it's just because you don't want to blow it. That's well, what it is. You just, you just, you don't want to blow. The, you want to do something stupid that ends up on YouTube. Right. Plus, Pops is in the crowd, right? He was there. That's... And James, more importantly, you can't <laughs> let down the, no. the kid. I think. Look, I think it's something a lot of people who grew up playing baseball have always wanted to do. And yeah, you 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 get you only get probably one shot at that. I, uh, and, and, it, and I don't want another shot. I oh no! Said, I said like I because I. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying what happened. I ended up throwing it right down the middle, like one of my best pitches ever in my life. Bragger. So that's it. I don't want to ever do it again. Right. The uh, actually, you'll appreciate this. You know the Madison Mallards. Yes, great, uh, they, great time. Madison uh, Mallards. I went up there for a buddy's bachelor party a couple summers ago. Okay. And they have essentially 15 people throughout the first pitch. Yes. So the bachelor. That's cool. He threw a strike. That's good. Very. Yeah. He was real nervous, and he he went out there right down the middle. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and frankly, like, that's all anybody talked about the rest of the night was like, he threw a strike. I did have one small advantage, though, because uh, after we got done with, because I was still working that day, after we got done with the interviews and dug out, like with Ricky Renteria and stuff, uh, one of the guys that helps with batting practice helped loosen me up a little mm. bit. That's, yeah, you got to get your arm warm for that. Yeah. he. Uh, so that was one advantage, because otherwise you don't really get to to warm up before you do it. Right. Did you anyway. think about doing one of those old-timey, you know, uh, wind-ups where, the you know, you go over your head and you got the big leg kick and everything? Uh, Should have done a Hideo Nomo. Yeah, dude, the Nomo. That would have worked out I great. did, like, a normal wind-up. It wasn't like... You didn't try to do a Kelly Wunsch? <laughs> no. Underhand? The submarine. That would have been awesome. Yeah. That would have been awesome. Kelly Wunsch reference. That's great. Harry That's what I would be proud of. That Harry Donowitz would definitely be. He probably owns a Kelly Wunsch jersey somewhere. Uh, all right. So uh, more importantly than the first uh, the first pitch outcome for Eddie Jackson, some of the stuff in there about the Bears. It, it's funny. I brought up the just the 100 year celebration, and his mind immediately went to the Packers week one. Oh yeah. I mean, you could just tell that's what they're they're gearing up for, which is no different than last year. But I think it the added uh, importance of the first of all being at home. 100 years, and the fact they blew that game last year at Lambeau Field, it's even bigger this year. It is, and it's the first game of the whole NFL season. I mean, it's not like, it's not just the Sunday nighter. It is the, it's the opener. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was actually, I was telling somebody this this week. Um, I don't know how you felt about it. I knew the Bears were going to be good when they lost that week one game. I, fe- I just felt like, and we, we were, we've been in a lot of bad locker rooms at Lambeau after like, the team gets pasted and that was different. Like you walked around, those guys were like legitimately like furious that they blew that lead because they knew they were good enough. And obviously we learned better than the Packers. I mean, they, they, they carry that. And they also know like if they're, if they want to be this Super Bowl contender, they say they are, you got to start, you got to defend home field right away against a division rival. Well, I remember doing that, our our post game podcast right after the game. And, and it was weird because it was one of the, uh, you know, it's, it was a crushing loss for everything that had been built up over nine months to that game uh, to or eight months or whatever it was to, for it to end like that. It, it, that's about as low as it can get. And yet I remember Johns and I sat there like, 
But up until the point they blew it, everything that we had said positively coming into this, which included Trubisky, which included the offense, which how much time we talked in the uh, preseason about how Nagy's not showing anything. Watch out. It, I, I think I think Johns and I both predicted the Bears were going to come out and get a lead early in that game because the Packers just weren't going to be ready for it. Like everything else in that game happened that was predicted uh, and I think I actually we both picked the Bears to win, except for that. Like it was just like, and then at the end, the other team won. Yeah, I actually I picked the Bears to win too, and I, I remember because and, and I, I didn't do it because I thought Bears were better than the Packers. I did it because it's Week One and it's just like weird things happen. Yeah, and Khalil Mack happened. Um, but yeah, I mean these guys these guys have that game circled. That and, was the one should. thing I didn't really. Pre- I, I didn't think Mac would be that good. No, in I mean, five days after joining the team, yeah, that was I mean, that it was, was insane. It was incredible. It, it was it was amazing to watch that. Um, and you're thinking, you're hearing that this year they're finally going to play a day game in Lambeau. Is yes, that the expectation. Yes. I was told the NFL is very aware aware of the fact that the last, I believe it's the last eight years. Yes, uh, the Bears Packer game at Lambeau has been a night. It, but, but there was one caveat: if it's if it gets flexed, I mean, yeah. it could be if it's a bigger game later in the year, it could still be flexed. But uh, I'll be surprised if when the schedule comes out tomorrow or when Harry tweets it in a couple <laughs> seconds, uh, if the Bears Packer game at Lambeau is not, a, it should be a day game. But I, I wonder if, oh, sorry, I wonder if there's fatigue from around the country uh, for Bears Packers on primetime. You almost wonder. I mean, it seems yeah. like. Well, I, that that actually leads me to a question I was going to ask um, you is, and some of this will be, I guess the schedule release will spoil some of this conversation, but the Bears have a ton of really good NFC matchups. In addition to Packers-Vikings, they've mm-hmm. got Saints, Cowboys, Eagles, Rams. So you got to imagine one of those games is going to be a Fox protected game. Sure. That cannot be flexed. Fox got hosed last year by the Bears being good because they lost Bears Rams and they lost Bears Vikings. Yeah, you're right. And I wonder if the Bears Rams game, I could see that maybe being a Fox late afternoon and they protect it. And I guess this isn't too much of a spoiler because essentially when you get, when the schedule comes out Wednesday night or during the day Wednesday from Harry's leaks, games that are during the day on Fox, one of those games is going to be protected, we assume. And and, they, right. and, and and Bears Packers could be it. They could say, hey, we've got Bears Packers week, whatever, 14, uh, 3 p.m. And we're there's no way it could be flexed, which makes sense. The, Bear, the Packers play a lot of those three fifteen, three twenty five games. Uh, as it is. So um, that would make sense. You're actually right. I mean, this gets a little bit inside the schedule, but I think it's relevant since the schedule's coming out. Um, you know, those those trades that happen, um, those those times where a certain ne- network gets screwed, there's a lot of uh, like maneuvering in between the NFL and the networks and the network heads. They They keep track of this stuff, and they go, we owe you one. And even with the teams sometimes, because sometimes the teams get screwed. Right. Or they have to play, you know, because the rule is... Well, did you is, see this new thing with this uh, mathematicians? Yeah. the Kevin you ever Seif- see a Buffalo? Yeah, Kevin Seifer reported. And these guys are Bills fans. And the Bills, they were they like kind of thought about this a few years ago because the Bills schedule was kind of unfair in terms of they happened to be playing a lot of teams that were coming off buys or coming off extra rest. So they went into all this research and it took a few years, but the NFL's finally let them help make the schedule. Uh yeah, which is cool. I I'm like you. I'm a schedule nerd. 
I like it. And I'm a TV nerd. I'm fascinated by the stuff that goes into it. I always enjoy Peter King always has a great inside, you know, the, the what happened in that room article with Howard Katz. Actually, a few years ago, Eli Cabron did a story for the Chicago Bears website where he talked to Ted Phillips about, because, you know, as you said, the teams can make certain preferences. I remember that year, you know, the Bears, I think, said they wanted to be on the road during Christmas weekend or something like that, or one okay. or the other. So there, there are different little things that they, they, these teams can do. Or even like in the preseason, like the Bears can ask the league, hey, we like to be on the road in week two because we like to practice against another yeah. team and we can't do it at home. Unfortunately, you, they got an opponent that they probably can't do joint practices against. Why is that? Because they're playing the Giants. Yeah. Do you really think I'll stop him? I mean, I don't know if it will stop the Bears. I don't think the Giants want to necessarily, okay. but... The, but the the other interesting thing going back to this Bears game in London, October sixth. What's October sixth in Chicago? Uh, the marathon. Marathon, first Sunday in October. Okay, and you know the Bears are always either they have to they cannot have a home game no. that week. So that was always going to be. I'm sure they said we have to be on the road, and that that happens to be the London game. That's a good point. And there's uh, an extra London game this year too, which is I think why I think there's four London games. So that's why the bear. That's why there's an early slot. That's why October fifth is or October sixth is the early slot here. Yeah, because I was told it was going to start week five. Um, the downside, well, so well, the downside of them not having, and this is very personal for us, but no, it not being the Northwestern bye week. But the plus side of that, wait, was that the weekend you had that wedding you were talking about though? Um, the Ohio State game. Oh, that was the Ohio State yeah. weekend. Okay. But the Northwestern bye week. Yes. Now, that would have been Northwestern and the Bears have the bye week the same weekend. Correct. So which, you can take you a little trip. Who's really happy about that. My wife, Miss Hogue. <laughs> yes, as she should be. But it is funny. You know, I think, um, and this is stuff that, I mean, I, I was, I was scouring Twitter this morning and there were a lot of Bears fans, um, asking people about the London game. I, I have a feeling there's a lot of Bears fans that, you know, that are, are looking, are tr- want to make this trip. Want, it's yeah. a once in a lifetime kind of, you know, if you've never been overseas, you know, if you've never been to London and you're a Bears fan, what a perfect time if you can make that work. So I think a lot of people are interested in, in this game and, and want to find a way to make a vacation out of well, it. Well, we're kind of joking about like the personal ramifications of this, but this is, it, you know, even Brian McCarthy, who's the head of NFL PR, tweeted this morning, tomorrow is national NFL schedule release day. It's also a big day for the travel industry as fans book family reunions, weddings around the schedule. Uh, and then he plugs that it's going to be on NFL Network at 7 o'clock Central yeah. Time. And I think find it, but. each year we end up knowing, thanks to Harry or other people who leak, we end up knowing like 14 of the games yeah. by the time 7 o'clock comes around. And I always feel bad because the Bears put a lot of effort in their social media unveiling. Yeah. Fell flat a couple of years ago with the food thing. Yeah. Last year was the comic book stuff, which was cool. But kids by, liked it. But the time it came out, well, I, I shouldn't be so quick to say this because we, I sometimes fall for the fact that not everybody is on Twitter as much as we are. Right. So yeah. if you're if you're not on Twitter, and, and I think I overrate how many people spend their days on Twitter, then you would have had no idea what the schedule was until seven o'clock. So you would have gotten. But when I saw it, I was like, oh man, people put a lot of effort into this. And if you're on Twitter, you already know most of the bear schedule. But that's probably ten percent of right. if, if that. So the Bears they do a good job in terms of putting effort into making it fun. My favorite thing about the the uh, cartoon or what would you call them the comic characters, comic characters yeah. last year was uh, 
Pat Finley's son, Boone, calling the Packers the cheese monsters. Yeah, which they did look that way. The that's, cheese monsters. Yeah, that's what they were. It was good. Uh, where, where's our friend Patrick Finley? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, all right. So speaking of some of the stuff we're talking about, uh, I, with the Bears and this outstanding schedule they have, just in terms of the opponents this year, it's it's tough. But TV networks already love the Bears. Trust me, they were. I heard from a guy week one. We need the Bears to be good this year, and they were. So uh, it helps the TV ratings, and and this year the the games are great. So you know you throw in London, which won't be a. I don't think London counts as a primetime game. It's not. No, no. Because you have five primetime games that you're... Well, the limit is six. But you can only be scheduled for five. Because you give flex. Yeah. Um, now, I've also been told on that that, frankly, it's not like this is uh, a law. You yeah. can break the rules. I think the same p- thing. Hey, we need you to do us a favor, Bears. We might schedule for a seventh one, like, you know, last week of the season or something. You need to be flexed. All rules go out the window. That right. type of I think of the deal. Patriots were in the situation maybe a couple of years ago where they, they'd said, like, it's, yeah, it's just, it's not a hard and fast rule. Right. And and then the, but the expectation is talks about the trading is like, we'll do you a solid next year. And I'm sure the Bears right now are looking at last year where they had to play those three games, yeah. uh, play Sunday night and then. Uh, Thursday morning, basically, as, uh, okay, you owe us one. And so maybe somewhere on the schedule there could be an IOU. Yeah, it's going to be hard to do it with the Bears this year because they're going to have all these primetime games, and we think that they're playing uh, on Thanksgiving again. So uh, that was a report from a sports business drill. They're playing in Detroit on Thanksgiving once again. So that and that's, na- that's a nationally televised game, and that's, you know, that's the quickest turnaround in, in football. Yeah, from Sunday to eleven to eleven thirty Central Time on Thursday. So I would imagine that they're going to want to be home in whatever week that is before Thanksgiving. I need to find that out if if the London game if they because some of them are played at night in London, right? Do the they ones st- that are in the middle of the day here that's actually nighttime there. So does that count as a night game? No, because that's what the limit is. It's more so playing at night. I think. I don't think so. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect that. But you know, the other thing we talk about national windows. Mm-hmm. If the Bears are, get um, the nine a.m. local time slot, which they wouldn't do that if it's the Raiders, right? Oh, they don't care. They the Chargers were in the nine a.m. slot. Yeah, last year they don't really care about that stuff because they they know people are going to watch. If you're a Raiders fan, you're going to wake up at 6:30 in the morning to watch the game. Watch your team. Yeah. So, but but that it would be, I mean, it wouldn't be on national TV, but they make those games available to watch like the Yahoo stream. So if the Bears Raiders London game, why wouldn't it be on national TV? I thought it was still on NFL Network. I don't think so. not oh, the, no, it's no, not, not no, cuz they have their pregame show. So that's not on any channel. It's, it's on free. whatever channel, so it'll be What's see the Raiders of the or the Bears of the road team? So it'll be Fox. So it'll be a Fox okay. game in Chicago and whatever markets would get the game. And then I think there's some kind of Yahoo stream. But nationally, you have to watch on the stream. Yeah, or the Red Zone, I guess. I don't even know if Red Zone starts really for it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, You'd think they'd want to take advantage of like a third window with the Bears in it. Right. This I is speculating because they could just be a noon local time game, which is a what six p.m. game at. Uh, and you said you you heard it's going to be Wembley, not the new Tottenham Stadium. That's what I heard, but that wasn't like final. But that was where they had the uh, the Raiders slotted at that point. So things could have changed. But there also there's also doubt. I think there's still doubt about that stadium being ready or something um, somehow. 
They no, they didn't they just play something? Oh, did they? Yeah, they I think finally so. get played. Okay. Uh, uh, 2019 single game single game tickets go on sale at 8:30 p.m. Wednesday night. So after the schedule comes out, yes, Ticketmaster, you can get your tickets. All right. Well, um, I hope that covers the schedule as much as possible without us actually knowing the schedule as we record this, but some inf- inside info on how it yeah. all kind of without happens. like, I hope people who listen to this at 8 p.m. aren't, hopefully we didn't give you anything you have to fast forward and hit that. I was really worried they were going to do it today. I was like, we're going to record yeah. in the morning and then it's going to be announced later in the day. Harry's going to leak it all. <laughs> I'm going to be on CLTV sports feed Wednesday night. Oh, nice. Right before it comes out. Nice. That's good. Um, but this is, I mean, this is amazing for the, the NFL. I mean, they're going to take over the news cycle. Just with the schedule. With the schedule. When you already know the opponents. But you just, you just got to figure out funny. what. It's, it's amazing. And, and we love it. I love the schedule of release day. Yeah, I'd also love, though, if I could plan my life four months ago. That's true. Uh, and then, you know, a, a week from a Thursday, it's the NFL draft. Well, for the Bears, a week from Friday, it's the NFL draft. I'm going to give Harry a shout out here because Harry does work for WGN Radio. Um, hey, tweet Harry. That's his Twitter handle. Hey, tweet Harry. And I don't know about you, but I'm going to go ahead and put notifications on for Harry Tynowitz here over the next 24 hours. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is, yeah, he, he lives for this day. Missed opportunity, Joe. We probably should have had him on the pod today. Yep. Hey. Oh, he, hey. <laughs> he could have broken it. On, on the, the pod. pod, yeah. Which he still kind of... But then he, he would have put it out on Twitter and the yeah. pod wouldn't have been out yet. And I, 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 I got it four minutes late, which in Twitter time is... That's like a, that's an eternity. But see, people on the podcast have no that's idea. True. Maybe uh, it, there's... Could be people listening to this podcast who we still break the news of when the Bears-London game is. It's true. And by we, I mean Harry. Through us. All right, I have an awkward transition for you guys. You want to hear about how Moon and I got a massage yesterday together? Not really. Yes. <laughs> John Moon Mullen. It's, it wasn't really a massage. So uh, we had a chance to go look out at the new Bears Fit. It's called Bears Fit. Yeah, the Bears have opened up a new public fitness center in Vernon Hills. So if you're in the northern burbs, you can, I mean, what they're going for is you can train like the Bears. Uh, oh, is that by the Portillo's? It is by the Portillo's. Awesome. It is. Uh, where Kevin ate a uh, beef sandwich i had one too last week at portillo's the one down on taylor street in the city um in case anyone wanted to know that that's there for you uh anyway they here's the quote here's what I'll, i will give the bears fit credit because i mean let's i'll be honest it's like a gym that's just bears right but, but if you're a bears fan you want to join a gym right it's kind of a and, and they do have a turf field which not every gym has um and i and mean a bear raid siren they did say that they're going to do like the Matt Nagy boom thing. Oh, that's And cool. you can go there during Bears games, and they're going to have like celebrations planned whenever the Bears score touchdowns. Oh. Not sure I'd want to work out during a Bears game, but you could. It could be fun, actually. Yeah. I, I will say I, I worked out during the Michigan State. Um, who did they play in the Elite Eight this year? Duke. Duke. I worked out during that, and it was great because seven minutes of the game took like forty. Oh, so it's like, well, now I can't, you know, I can't stop 
working out because I had the game on. And, you know, that is kind of nice. Yeah. So just you kind of got always got work hooked. out in the last five minutes of college basketball game. Yeah. It'll go for an hour. Exactly. Or you like did. that night at the combine, it'll go. It actually literally did, did. go an hour. Yeah. You, you just you get a great workout in. So I could see how somebody you know would want it you know because you're you're just kind of hooked on the on what, for me I need to be watching something mm-hmm. when I work out like I need if I'm on like if I'm on the elliptical core the bike I need something yeah I just play basketball so that I don't have to think about anything I hate running so much um like the Boston Marathon was on yesterday and I'm like the only thing worse. <laughs> no offense to the people that put in a lot of time and effort into... By the way, I actually used to do some of the Chicago Marathon broadcast. It'd be one of the reporters on the course, but that was on the radio. I can't... The only thing more boring to me than running is watching running. I don't know if that's controversial or not, but... Did you see how it ended, though, track's yesterday? Track's different, though, like track in the Olympics. The Boston Marathon ended, like, really... It was, like, crazy finish. Does it sound like I heard that? No, it was now. So that, but the point of that is, it's cool to watch the last thirty seconds of a marathon. No, <laughs> that's your doppelganger. Yeah, um, I couldn't tell who was saying no there, and I can't no. even see Kevin. This is my year. This is your 2019 year. 2019 is my year. <laughs> Over under snaps for um, Kevin slash uh, Mike Lennon in London against the Bears. Uh, let's set it at four and a half. Oh, is he the Raiders backup or third string or starter? Let's go. Oh, wow. John Gurdon. That's going to be an entertaining game. Anyway, to explain the massage comment. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's the, not why you called. The, yeah. The, the one cool thing I will say that's way different about Bears Fit is they have a recovery center, which most gyms don't. Uh, they should. But um, so they had these amazing ch- uh, chairs. They call it hydro massage. Some people listening might know what that is. But like you basically lay down and they're like there. It's not a massage chair. It's much different. Massage is supposed to help promote recovery. But, you know, it's similar concept as a massage chair. It's just like a better one. And you can like pinpoint it to any part of your body. It was pretty sweet. So Moon and I were laying there next to Staley the bear. And then Johnny Knox was there too. Okay, it was a scene where it's like one of those moments where like I I should have had someone take a picture of it because in retrospect, just a, if I tweeted a random picture of John Moon Mullen, Adam Hogue, Staley the Bear, and Johnny Knox, people would have been like, "What the hell's happening there?" According to Pro Football Reference, the four of you have combined for twelve touchdowns in your career. That is also accurate. I put that on my resume now: twelve touchdowns, six Super Bowls. Yep, that was good. So, uh, anyway, thanks to the Bears for having us out at Bears Fit yesterday. If you're in the northern suburbs, check it out. Um, and if you want to see more of what it looks like, I cannot convey that on a podcast, but you can check my Twitter or Instagram. I posted some photos there. Robbie Gold didn't report to San Francisco, Santa Clara, San Jose, wherever that place is. And neither did I in his defense. Yeah, me neither. Um, this was not a surprise to me at all. No, I, I mean, he's. I think he's made it very clear he wants a... A, at least a multi-year contract. I don't know how long term you can get when you're at his age, but even though it's a kicker, but yeah, I don't, they, they can't be surprised by it. Didn't, wasn't there a report they talked to Steven Goskowski last week? Oh, was there? I missed yeah. that. I mean, it, the report happened, and then the next day he signed with the Patriots. So, oh, okay. You know, it's a question of who leaked that, um, who got that well, out Because you are allowed to rescind the franchise tag. Yeah, not sure why they would at this point, but you can. Um, 
Robbie Gold made it very clear, though, in the offseason, he was interested in coming back to Chicago or, you know, playing for the Bears. He still lives here. He wants to spend time with his family. So why would he leave here under a franchise tag that he hasn't signed uh, to go work out across the country? This is I talked to Robbie Gold on Radio Row at the Super Bowl, and this is what he said when I asked about the, the possibility of the 49ers using the franchise tag on a kicker. It could. I mean, um, who knows what's going to happen? You know what I mean? Uh, like I said, I have the ability to talk to the 49ers uh, for up until free agency, right? And uh, if that doesn't work out, then they could use a tag if they want, right? Obviously, I'd like to be in the place that I'm going to play for longer than one year again, just uh, if it works out that way. But if not, it's the business of football. And um, if that does happen for some reason, then um, the CBA does grant me opportunities that I can stay around my family for a long time. So, uh, you know, those are things that I'll have to take into account. And um, we'll kind of take it day by day and figure that out when that happens. So translation, the CBA allows him to not show up to the voluntary portion of camp to stay around his family in Chicago if he got the franchise tag. That's how I read it then when he said that. That's how I'm reading it now since he didn't show up. Yeah, and I mean... And I'll blame him. To I, be don't, I don't want to denigrate the kicker position. Okay. But if you're the 49ers, you can't be too concerned about Robbie not being right what, in I, the strength and conditioning program. It, Right. Either you just want to you want to get it done, but you know. So here's the story from Matt Mayoko. This was April 9th. Um, the team is showing interest in Steven Gostkowski, um, and uh, scrolling here, Gold has not signed the franchise tender yet. They appear to be at odds of a team's decision to lock him up for this season over the franchise tag. Gold has made it clear he wanted to be able to explore his options as a free agent, especially the possibility of, re- of a return to Chicago, where he played his first 11 NFL seasons. Well, I, I'm pretty confident even if the 49ers were sending their franchise tag, I'm not sure the Bears are going down that path. They already have too many kickers. Uh, I guess I could cut all three and just sign Robbie and call it a day. Right. I mean, he's better than That's all of them. That's what you would do. Yeah. Uh, they do have the cab space right now. It wouldn't be cheap. I, it just does. It doesn't seem like the Bears are going down that road. No, and, and also if you're the 49ers, the way I mean, that is not a high octane offense, and you, I mean, you need Robbie Gold. I mean, you know what you're going to get from him, especially in that stadium. So why? Right. You know, why? Although I see, I, I hear myself saying this when a pretty bad Bears offense in 2016 cut Robbie, but there were a lot of there were some mitigating circumstances there. Um, wait, I do. I did. I brought this up um, off the air, as that's what people say in broadcast. Sure, sure, sure. Where do you stand on the Bears drafting a kicker? Because I, I did give them a kicker in the seventh round in my Bears mock, which you can read at theAthletic.com. I mean, I don't like it. Um, I think we've seen that kickers are so much of a crapshoot that I, I don't think the likelihood of a drafted kicker being I don't think the chances of a drafted kicker being better than, you know, the three random kickers they brought in now are any higher than these three random kickers being good. I hope that made sense the way I just said that. But, yes. you know, I, I just. It, and granted, basically any position draft in the seventh round is kind of the same way. It, it's a crapshoot. But, you know, the Bears did get Charles Leno Jr. in the seventh round. Um, I just feel like if you're. 
at that point, you're almost always taking a flyer on a player in the seventh round. I'd rather do it at, uh, I don't know, a, a more important position. But then at the same time, I mean, you could, obviously kicker is important. So I, I, I don't know when, when they you know so they signed Elliot Fry out of South Carolina mm-hmm. for college teammate of Bears running back Mike Davis. Okay, um, so they have three kickers, and he was playing for the Orlando Apollos. Right? I don't, I don't know. If, yeah, he was fourteen for fourteen for right. him. I don't know if any team in football has three kickers on the roster. I'd have to check that. I think a bunch have two. The Bears might be the only ones with three. I've been saying all along that they should make a reality show. Put every kicker they sign in a house in Lake Forest or something, and let's do a reality show. You know, to be the next Bears kicker, and and that's a way to add more pressure on these guys because you know that's something that's hard to judge in a training camp setting is how can these guys obviously they thought Cody Parkey would be fine under pressure and he wasn't um the what's interesting about the seventh round pick is I'm totally with you about why not you know if you're going to spend it spend it on somebody who could at least you know help you on special teams but I found this kind of interesting so although kicker is special teams it is I know what you meant um so since 2000 the Bears have made 19 picks in the seventh round. Only two guys have gotten a second contract with the team. That's Leno. And can you name the other one? Seventh round since when? What was the date? 2000. Seventh rounder. Did David Fails get a second contract? Was he a sixth he rounder? He was a sixth rounder. Okay. Uh, O'Donnell was not a seventh rounder. Actually, I think this might be three. I should probably check my math here. Um, Mike Green, remember him? Special teams extraordinaire. Oh, yeah, yeah. Safety. And then uh, Paul Edinger, I think, got like an extra year okay. or two after. Um, and then of those guys, um, 13 players never started a game for the Bears who were taken in the seventh round. So if you're going to... so You know what? I'm going to change my mind on this. I, I'm not thrilled about using a... a a draft pick on a kicker, but now that I think about it, there's really no difference. Right, that, that's the thing. It's like if you draft a cornerback, there's a good chance he's going to get waived or he's never going to start a game for you if you pick him in the seventh round. Yeah. So what difference does it make if that happens to be a kicker? That you t- like, you know, they, you know, Javon Wims, you know, he was their seventh round pick last year. Could be, you know, could be a, a contributor, but what what is he? What's his ceiling with next year's team? The number five wide receiver? Which is still good for a seventh round pick. Yeah. Um, Daniel Braverman. Teo Fabalu. Oh, he was sixth round, actually. Um, Greg McCoy. Remember the great Greg McCoy from 2012? It is interesting. Seventh round pick. I mean, these guys are. Greg McCoy never played in an NFL game. So I I just think, you know, when they got these three kickers, like, well, now, you know, they're not going to draft somebody, but they are not necessarily. They are sticking to this whole thing that they are going. And and they've also been super active because if you draft one, you just drop one of the other guys. Yeah. And and the word was that like at the kicker thing at the combine, they were like the Bears were like front and center. Oh, I know. Yeah. No, the Bears went to that workout. They were. were, Yeah. Like there were so many of them there watching that. I mean, they're, they're taking this really seriously. So. You know, I go. I've 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 waffled on it. I've I've said before uh, why why draft a kicker because you could just find anybody anywhere. But if, if you're talking about the 238th pick of the draft, well, look, if there's a kicker they've done their homework on that they feel pretty confident is going to be really good, then pull the trigger on them. 
I, I'm, I'm actually okay if you, even if you did it a little earlier, if, they, if you really feel that strongly about the guy. Uh, because I will say, uh, this is what they've done so far at the kicker position, which is how their season unraveled last year, has been incredibly uninspiring so right. far. This, I mean, it, 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 it gives you absolutely no faith that it's going to be fixed at this point. I mean, I, if I'm a Bears fan, I don't feel any better because they brought in three guys who it's hard to remember their names. And, and I like the idea of having three, maybe four, because then you watch these guys compete against each other. Right. For the next few months. And and you know that's the that's the beauty of having a deep roster. You know, you know maybe, right, they don't have to they're not as worried about the 87th, 88th, 89th, 90th spot on the roster right, right you, now. You keep four, you probably don't bring four to training camp. But let's say you you bring in a rookie, whether it's a draft or UDFA, you keep four for OTAs in minicamp, and then you whittle to two and have those two guys fight it out in Bourbonnet. And the amazing thing about all this, September 1st, it could be a totally new kicker. If there's somebody they've had their eye on that's on another team and he gets waived, they can just claim that guy and just start with. I don't th- maybe I don't think they would if you're going to invest the the this time. Much, well, you would if you still don't feel confident that's about true. any of them. You know, it depends on on your confidence level. One of the things I, I asked Ryan Pace at the at the owners meetings, um, I got a chance to sit down with Ryan after you guys did. Yes, uh, I said I, I go. Have you thought about what it's going to be like in the stadium week one? When someone goes to kick a field goal for you, I mean, it's gonna like every time Cody Parkey lined up to kick, it was there was this weird, nervous aura in that stadium. Yeah, whoever it is, if it's Chris Blewett, you know, when that guy lines up for a field goal on Thursday night football in front of the entire country at Soldier Field, it's gonna be crazy amounts of pressure and tension and anxiety in that stadium. And of course, you know, of course, Ryan said he hadn't really thought about that. It just focuses on getting it right. Oh, but, it's a reality. Because uh, look, here's another reality: the only there's only one kicker in the world right now who would step into that situation, and the fans wouldn't feel that way. And he's currently franchise tagged by the San Francisco 49ers. And you've seen this on Twitter too. There are still some people who don't agree with that. There's still some people who are fine that he's gone. Yeah, I, I mean, I I'm with you, but there's there's enough fans there that. You know they don't they don't think he'd be able to handle that either. I mean, if for some reason they rescinded the tag, which again I don't know why they would, uh, and he became available, I, I still think that's your no brainer solution. Yeah, yeah I think but so. I'm still not convinced that that's what the Bears would do. No, I, I I think there is that's where the financial element comes into play. I mean, these guys that they're signing right now four hundred eighty five thousand dollars a year. Robbie's which, gonna, which I understand the situation you're in, but. If you have another, these windows do not stay open very long. You got you got what a two year window right now. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Before Mitch gets a two hundred million dollar contract, that's for the next podcast. That's for the next podcast. What he's signing next week? Maybe. No, he can't sign for a while. Yeah, I know. But it, it, it's going to be funny when you start hearing those numbers float about for <laughs> for the class of two thousand eighteen, right? Or two thousand seventeen. Well, the kicker thing will be will be one thing we are following uh, about a week and a half from now. With the NFL draft, do they draft a kicker? Which, here, let me ask you this right now. What position do you think they go with in the third round? Uh, all this talk about running back. I've had two running backs in my mock draft so far. They're both in the, thir- in the third? In the third. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel like they might go corner, though. So, you know, my mock, my mock I went with a corner. So I'll, I'll be, 
I, and I wrote this in my story. I was very transparent. So who'd you go with? I went with. Or do you want people to go to the story? Uh, I'll, I'll tell them. You can read more. Trayvon Mullen out of Clemson. Okay. And, and literally what I do, because I just don't have a great grasp on some of these prospects, certainly not as I have in past years when they had a first, second round pick, is I, I trust Dane Brugler, our, our draft mm-hmm. guy. I said, all right, I'm gonna, I want to see how this would look if the Bears took a corner in the third. So I checked to look at his third-round corners, found a guy that maybe size-wise and physique and the way he plays maybe matches up with what Chuck Pagano wants and said, all right, I'll give you... That's kind of how I went about my mock draft. And um, so I I think defensive back, because corner and safety, you, you need to think about the future at those positions and you need depth there. So I would say defensive back. And you just, I mean, Ryan Pace found Jordan Howard in round five. Ryan Pace found Tariq Cohen in round four. If any GM knows that he could find a pretty good running back on Saturday, it's Ryan Pace. Well, my guess is is he and, you know, Josh Lucas and some of these guys, some of these scouts are in love with one or two running yeah. backs yeah. That, are, they, that are probably somewhere in the middle. And they are going to try to do whatever they can to get yes. them. And I would, I mean, I, you can't rule out them training up no. for one either. And you can't rule out them training out of the third round. Right, because they might want to acquire more capital later to move yeah. up. It'll, they could take their two seventh and, and turn into a sixth. I mean, there's a lot of different things they can do. I, I just want fans, and I wrote this in the mock, is I want fans to be prepared for them to not take a running back in the third. Because we're talking about the 87th pick. This is not like last year when they had a clear hole at inside linebacker and Roquan Smith is there. You know, this is the 87th pick. These guys don't generally turn out to be long-term starters. So you can just wait. You can, you, you're going to take, I mean, paces. I know every GM says best player available. I think we can agree that paces generally stuck to that. Yeah, I think so. Look at, look at, uh, EA Booneyway last year. None of us knew who he was. None of us expected them to take another inside linebacker. They already had Roquan Smith, Trevathan, and Nick Kwiatkowski. Yeah. So why would you take an ILB in the fourth round? And that's what he did. So we, we've seen it before. That, that he that he yeah. might just take a guy for depth, best player available. All right, now the question I know you've wanted me to ask you for the last hour, where will Clayton draft Clayton Thorson be drafted? Where do the Carolina Panthers draft? I, I, I'm so stuck on them because they had... Um, I do view them as a sleeper for a quarterback. Well, what's funny, so our Carolina Panthers writer at the Athletic, Joe Person, uh, when I was at Clayton's podium at the Combine, it was me and Joe Person. And I was kind of thinking, like, why is Joe here? You know, Carolina Panthers. And then I realized that like, they need a quarterback. And, and, but they're they're one of those teams, they need a quarterback, but you don't draft one in the first two rounds, necessarily. Okay. And there we were at the Pro Day. There's Norv Turner. There's Marty Herney. I mean, the, the Panthers reportedly took Clayton for dinner the night before. So I, I've thought for a while... That he is a third round. That's his ceiling. Is a third round. The Panthers have a compensatory pick. Let's see the hundredth pick of the draft. Is Carolina. So they also have the seventy seventh pick. It's early in the third round. So this this is kind of spoiling though something I was going to write next week, but I'll still include it in that too. But just sort of among my draft thoughts, if I were to pick, because every year there's a team, and a couple of years ago it was the Bears uh, and the Chiefs. And the Texans that traded up, then maybe especially the Chiefs. I mean, you're thinking they have yeah. Alex Smith. Yeah, I, I would almost compare that situation is a little bit different than where the Panthers are with Cam Newton, but I could see them doing something crazy because Cam Newton, if you zoom out and look at the bulk of his career, 
has he been a a good quarterback or a headache most of the time or both? He, he had one great year. He did have he one, great, one obviously great year. But a lot. If you zoom out, and I I don't have all the numbers in front of me, but I remember some people writing a couple things on this last year. A lot of the other time, he's been more like average to below average. And all it takes is one person in a front office to be like, this is the most important position. We got to do better. Um, now, so I think a guy like Clayton that maybe you have to mold for a year or two makes sense. But it also shocked me if the Panthers become like that team where you're you're even going on night one. Oh, my God. What did they just do? Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, the, as I said, they're a team that needs a quarterback but doesn't need a starter right away. So they're in a different category than, well, you know, now all these teams with these, you know, they all swap these veteran quarterbacks. So it's kind of hard to tell who's right. like going to be in that market. Um, but, you know, I, I think, and a lot of Northwestern fans disagree with me when I was there, and you and I talked about this a lot during his time. He's got the exact body type you want out of a pro-style quarterback. He's got a big arm, so he can make every throw. He can move better than people give him credit for. He's got all the intangibles and smarts and what have you you need. And, and the guy played behind a shot, you know, one of the worst offensive lines probably in the Big Ten, one of the worst groups of receivers in the Big Ten for his four years there. So, you know, I I, I think that, the, that, that an NFL team is going to have a much better grade on Clayton Thorson than maybe his college stats um, would, would dictate because he is he's, – he's, he is a better pro prospect than Trevor Simeon. Simeon went in the seventh, started a few games for the Broncos, still in the league. Yeah. And, and Simeon was coming off a torn ACL, which probably notches him down to the seventh. Thorson is a better pro prospect with, with more tape, be, better arm. Sure. There's more to work with there. So that's Man. why I'm thinking kind of the third round could be his ceiling, maybe, go, or, or third, fourth, fifth, probably. And other than suffering that injury in the bowl game, which prevented him from playing the senior bowl, he's pretty much aced. The off-season program. Yeah. And, and His pro day was outstanding. Pro days are weird, but he... I mean, you could tell. I mean, that was a really impressive pro day. But there... So, I, this is what I would say about pro days. You should look outstanding. Yes. But if you do look outstanding, you should get credit for that. I mean, and he... He was 48 out of 50. One was a drop. So, he was he was pretty good. Let me give you one other note on my Cam Newton Panthers um, situation. Uh, one, his contract, if you start comparing it to all these guys signing these new deals like Russell Wilson in the last 24 hours, uh, he's kind of a bargain where he's at with the talent level he has. So uh, in my opinion, with two years left on a deal, he could actually be movable. He's in the 16.2 is his base salary this year. Okay. Also, after 2019, you know what his dead cap number is? You just want to move on? It's $2 million. Wow. So hmm. uh, there's only two years left on that deal. If you're the Panthers, this could be a time where you... Uh, if And again, I don't know what they're thinking, but it, this seems like a situation to me where if you're looking for a sleeper and a quarterback, and and maybe I'm like you. Maybe I have North Turner at Clayton Thorson's Pro Day etched in my brain too much. But it did seem notable at the time. All right, I watched D3. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Um, I like I kind of like D three. It wasn't bad. I I think I think I liked D three. I think I liked D three because Bombay wasn't in it too much. 
<laughs> so that was a weird role for Emilio Estevez where you're still in the movie, but you're not. Yeah. It wasn't like he was totally out of the movie. Like he had to film a couple scenes. Like it wasn't like nothing. Yeah. So how did that get sorted out? I think my, my, uh, my biggest takeaway from watching all three movies is the casting is just bizarre. So I made, I made a lot of fun of the Hans and Jans thing. Right. Jans I, takes over for Hans. Hans is back in the third movie. He is magically back. He, I'm, so, call, I'm calling this up on IMDb so I can follow along yeah, here. Hans I've became, seen it many times. Yeah, Hans became Jans, and then Jans became Hans, and then unfortunately Hans dies. Right. Spoiler alert. That's one of, I think, well, so Bombay's in, I think, a couple, like three scenes. Yes. One uh, is at the funeral. He's in a little bit, he's in, right at the beginning, he makes a brief appearance to like, hey, should I tell, where he tells Charlie he's not going to be the coach. Right. And then Charlie freaks out. Um. Oh, the amazing! Another amazing part of D three is Charlie's amazing. All of a sudden, good at hockey was never good in the first two movies. He, yeah. No. Well, wasn't he okay in the first one? No, he just made the shot at the end. Why did he even get? Why? Why did he even take the he, shot? He was never that good. Well, it was kind kind of controversial that he did. Right. Well, I mean, it should have been. Um, it was basically because coach was playing favorites. Well, it should have been guys Germain. Sure, he was the best player on that team, probably. Probably. Um. So, but all of a sudden, and okay, you know, guys hit puberty, they develop. Maybe he, maybe he actually did become good at hockey. Maybe I can deal with that one a little bit. Um, they do now that Bombay is not the coach. And you know, a big problem I had last week, Joe, was that he played the wrong goaltender the whole time. Yep. Yeah, and and so the new coach comes in. And, what was his name? You have the D. Uh, coach Ted Orion. Yeah, Orion. Which? How do you think they spell Orion? I'm assuming it's not Orion. It's O R I O N. I would have assumed oh. to be like O apostrophe Ryan. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, that's weird. Uh, anyway, he's a real coach, unlike Bombay. So he knows to play the right goaltender, but moves Goldberg to defense. You remember that Goldberg plays defense in the third movie. Yeah, and and look, credit Goldberg. He makes a stop when they needed it. Spoiler he, alert: He scored the goal at the end. Yeah, yeah Charlie, Charlie passes, passes to goal. goal. Yeah, well. Oh no! It's Charlie that makes the stop on defense because he moved. Yes. Didn't he moved Charlie to defense. He taught him how to play defense. He finally taught him how to play defense. He makes the stop. He gets the puck, brings it up like he's going to score a triple deke, whatever. Leaves it back yeah. for Goldberg. An- how, how announcer much? goes Goldberg, and then he hits the goal. Same announcer for right? Isn't the same announcer for two and three? Maybe no. I think Is it's it an adult in D two. Oh, you know what? It was a kid yeah. in this in D three. It was like a, a student. Kid. Yeah, it's like a random kid. How much of a punk is Charlie in D3? Yeah, he's really annoying. I mean... He's really annoying. He just, like, can't handle coaching at all. He has but, no patience for it. You know, he's a teenager going through a lot. <laughs> yeah, they move Banks up to varsity. In the mom's back. Mom's back. She wasn't in D2. The casting's bizarre. But she's back. She doesn't say a whole lot, but she's back. Well, the, you know, they went... Back to a bit of a D one storyline where you're not traveling the world. But the, the amazing thing about D three is the entire movie they play two games, right? They have a scrimmage, uh, the, the early morning scrimmage with the varsity where they get crushed. There's a game early on where they're up nine nothing and then oh, blow yeah, a they nine blew nothing it. lead. Yes, yes, which is really weird. But okay, yeah, they blow that lead, and that's because they don't play defense. And then 
uh, they lose to varsity in the scrimmage, and they be, so they only played three games in the entire movie. Mm-hmm. And, and one of and and the main game was against a JV versus varsity game, so it's not even like a yeah, which is a weird premise that they would even play that game, right? Also, I think the scooter kid that's on the varsity. It was also on the Iceland team in detail. Hmm. I wish I, I meant to try to confirm that before. Uh, I've got IMDb up. I can uh, look for Scooter if he's scooter. in the. Uh, I don't see him listed. I don't see him here. Not a big enough part. Cole was the 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 uh, the kind of the bruiser for them that ends up going through the glass mm-hmm. in the varsity game. That was a fun scene. I like the. Uh, um, which which prank did you like better? Did you like the uh, we'll take you to dinner and then you guys get the bill, or seemed the, unrealistic for a bunch of high school kids? Yeah, or the freezing of the jer- of the jerseys. I thought that was uh, yeah, I like that one. That was pretty good. I like that better than the fire ants one. Oh yeah, the fire ants was uh, that was uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, that and that's what led to the scrimmage that they did against each other. Well, the scrimmage was always it's like an annual. Tradition. Not sorry, the the oh the one where the yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, the one where they weren't supposed to be. You know, yeah. I, I, one of the most amazing things about the Mighty Ducks franchise, I'm sure you guys covered this last week, is how does a team, a group of kids, that barely makes the playoffs in their Pee Wee League, suddenly become the foundation for the United States team in the Pan American Games? Some would credit the coaching. Yeah. Interesting. Right, Adam? No. <laughs> because the, the 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 people they brought in in D two, Mendoza, um, Keenan Thompson's Russ Tyler, Julie Cat Gaffney, Dean um, Portman. Dean Portman. Those people I mean they had like, you know, their niche, but they still weren't the you know, the the, the, the hockey still went through Banks and Conway and uh Connie Moreau and guy I mean Somehow, the, this group, that group, that core group from the first movie became good enough to represent the United States and then good enough to be the eventual varsity team at like the best hockey high school. And, you know, yeah, which is, is it, maybe it is the coaching. See, now I like you. Your, no, but see this. I just did a Google search and I found I should have found this article a long time ago. It, it's uh, it doesn't even have a byline on it. It's from SeattleSportsNet.com, whatever that is. That's where I go for all my Seattle sports news. Yeah, everything wrong with D three, the Mighty Ducks. This is this guy is, and then because what I did was I googled Scooter D three. Here, here he writes. Speaking of familiar faces, what about that varsity goalie? Oh, yeah, that's Gunnar Stahl. You remember Gunnar Stahl? What? He was the captain of Team Iceland in D two. He used to be a scoring machine, not a goalie. He was also, you know, from Iceland. Oh, and his name wasn't Scott Scooter Holland back then either, but it is now. I knew that was the kid from Iceland. Hold on a second. This is a ama- this is amazing. Yes. So he was. So yeah, he I, I was. I saw Gunner- him in the movie. I'm like, that's the kid from Iceland so in the last movie. Gunnar Stahl in D2. So the the actor's name. You got to get this guy on your podcast. It probably can't be hard to find. Get Scott White on your podcast. That's his name, Scott White. Scott White. W H Y T E. Um, yeah, his name's Gunnar. Stahl. So he was. I don't know if you ever watched the TV show City Guys. 
it was on a it was just <laughs> oh i think i think it was too. a sad I, I was a big saturday morning tv guy it was a saturday morning show from 1997 to 2001 and he was one of the main characters yeah so i used to watch that a lot um man that's cr- you couldn't just find a different guy actor i know that's one that's so strange it's amazing huh. this, this article is pretty funny these well, questions how on earth does charlie get to rejoin the team with zero penance after quitting you want me to believe a prep school would offer scholarships to an entire hockey team, then revoke those scholarships after one game? What you know, the hell is Paul Correa doing at a high school inner squad scrimmage in Minnesota? <laughs> also, I, I, I don't know. My day of hooky, I'm not going to like the, the amusement park. Yeah. Uh, you know. That's, uh, that's Valley Fair. That's kind of a cool place. Yeah. How is it that a hard-ass... Coach Orion puts his team through the gauntlet for weeks on end, making them earn everything and play his way before mastering the art of two-way hockey, only to let Dean Portman show up two-thirds of the way through the big game and immediately start the third period. <laughs> this article is hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is funny to look back. It's, I mean, because the 90s were, it was the decade of youth sports movies. Yeah, and you can get away with, like people not analyzing it like right. i now am in 2019 i will say my first ever 280 character tweet was i ranked 90 sports movies oh, i think i remember that yeah and i think i put d2 maybe number one i put d2 very Ooh. high on the list i'm a big fan of d2 um i gotta go major league so i don't remember i might not have put that because i don't i didn't consider that a kids oh. it was rated i mean you it was the first kids sports yeah movie. it was the first radar movie most of us saw um but yeah I, I was going so you know sandlot rookie of the year little big league air bud um the big green the big green yeah uh, some some real problematic immigration <laughs> yeah plot that, line also that actor that in movie. like every kid's movie in the 90s I don't uh, remember steve gutenberg yeah he was also in the sandlot uh, oh, the kid. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, kid. Hamilton Porter. Okay. Yeah, he's Hamilton Porter in Sandlot. I think he was in the first Mighty Ducks, and he was in he was the goalie in the Big Green. All right. That's a whole. Uh, this might become a thing where well, Johns wants to do Little Giants. Another great one. I think that was on my list too. The annexation of Puerto Rico. I mean, since this is a football podcast, we might have to do Little Giants. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, Becky the Icebox. Becky the Icebox. She, she was the Icebox. I had an assistant coach um, on one of the youth baseball teams I coached a few years ago who looked and had the glasses of Rick Moranis. Like ah, it was like that's awesome. Yeah, it was it was very jarring. Like he was like right there as Rick Moranis. He was you know helped me helped me coach my baseball team. And we kind of felt like little giants. That team went four and twenty seven. Honey, I shrunk the baseball team. <laughs> Didn't he do those movies he did. too? He did. Yeah, and we haven't talked. We. Sh- have you been watching uh, Very Cavalry at all? I have. There was no episode this week. What was up with that? Oh, there wasn't? Yeah. I, was, I must have still watched last week's episode. Yeah. I must have been behind. Um, yeah, I just watched the one where he's fake fighting Kristen the whole time. Yeah. That whole thing seemed so fake. Also, my fiance noticed um, a hair situation with Jay where two episodes ago, his hair was cut. Oh. And the next episode, the long hair was back. So he might have a little out of order situation. Well, Jay does have magic hair power. He does. He does. Uh, this is Jay Color. What's up, Jay? Hey, Jay. Hey. I doing? Good. How are you? How are you doing? Pretty good. <laughs> what was that from? Conference call. We had him on a conference call. 
Must have. Like when he was on the Bears? Oh, you know what it was? That was, uh, that was a different team. Made his way through some emails. Oh, yeah, I think right. it may have been when Washington, Rich maybe? Campbell was covering yeah. the Redskins. Yeah. Or Dan was covering the Vikings. One of the two. Um, I forget how I I forgot how I got my hands on that, but I got it. Interesting. Yeah. Um, no, Chris Cavalieri's been uh, what you would expect out of very Cavalieri. It's fine. I I'm, I like it. I, it's, it's my enjoyable. wife likes the show. Jay's, so been, Jay's been in the season more often, which is fun. Yes, those are the best parts. So yeah, good for Jay. All right, we should wrap things up here. This is a long podcast. It was kind of long. It got away from us a little but bit. But you know, I don't know about like my commute to work is about 45 minutes. Okay. So this is this would be perfect like there and back. First half, second half. What is this about an hour 15, Joe? Yeah, that's what it's looking like. Uh I think we're at the hour 20 mark right now. A little long. That's all right. I had fun. I did tell people did tell me after the, like the 2 hour one we did in Arizona, which is definitely our longest podcast ever. That uh, it took them a little while to get through it, but it seemed like a lot of people did because a lot of people mentioned your appearance at the end. Ooh, well, I got a fan. I got, it, I got it, fans. It was a teaser for this episode, yeah. which we didn't know at the time, but <laughs> that's what ended up happening. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue H O G E Kevin Fishbane. I should have said this at the beginning at K Fishbane. Subscribe to the Athletic. You can find his stuff there at theathletic.com or on the Athletic app. You can read my stuff, wgnradio.com. Joe Romano is at Joey Joe Rowe. And if you want pictures from Splash Mountain, follow Johnsy at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Please rate and review the podcast. If you like Kevin's appearance, tell us about it. We appreciate it. Talk to you next week, our mock draft roundtable. It's going to be a big one. Uh, probably not.